Welcome to the Confident Grief Coach Show, a podcast for current and future grief support professionals, featuring advice on how to incorporate the fundamentals of coaching into those tender areas of the grief journey to exploring more advanced techniques to help your clients create lives where their grief coexists with peace, purpose, and joy. Now, get ready to transform the face of grief with your host, best-selling author and founder of Healing Family Grief, Pat Shevland. Hi there. Welcome to our first episode of the Confident Grief Coach Show. I am your host, Pat Shevland, and I am super thrilled that you're here. I really am. I started this podcast because right after my mom died in January 2021, I realized that I needed or I wanted to share my knowledge and experience as a grief coach with more people. There are just so many people who have been reaching out to me because they're hurting so badly in their grief. And if I go on Facebook, I see so many posts on a daily basis where someone's loved one had just died. And here they go, dropping into that pit of agony of their grief. Death is a part of life. I mean, we know that. But that fact doesn't make it any easier when we are grieving the death of someone we loved. I kind of see grief as like the opposite side of the coin of love. And the bottom line is, if we had never loved, we would never grieve, right? So grief is an important aspect of acknowledging our love for another human, another relationship, our pets. We love and we grieve. So for about a decade, I've been working with the bereaved, especially grieving moms. And it's been working through this process with so many clients who have come to me in their grief that I have learned how to help others walk a more empowered walk in their grief journey versus living in what I called failed grief. I've seen friends who have been unable to move from deep grief into a life where they can get out of bed and feel like it's worth living. And I have to tell you, it's a miserable existence, and they'd be the first ones to tell you that. But there are so many people who have been able to find the power within to be able to move forward. And there are some commonalities with that. So that is why I created this little mini-series on becoming a confident grief coach because I want to share some of those commonalities and what I have learned over this past decade of working with grieving families, especially grieving mothers. I imagine you're drawn to this podcast because you are maybe a coach or other helping professional and you're passionate about helping people come to you with other problems. But you know, you can see that grief is the root cause of what is going on. They may come to you for something totally different, like I'm not getting along with my husband. My children are struggling and I'm struggling with how to help them. You know, things aren't going well at work at all. And as you start talking to them, you can see that there's a grief component showing up. And so you know that this grief most likely is that root cause. And you want to delve in deeper, but maybe you're just not quite sure how to do that. 
Or perhaps you're here because you are someone who has your own lived experience of deep loss. And now you feel like, okay, I can do this. It's time for me to help other people. So you're ready to step into a life of purpose and help other people who are grieving. In fact, many of the people that come to me to train to become a confident grief coach, that's where they're coming from. They've had the lived experience and now they want to serve others. And I'll be talking about that throughout this mini series. Maybe you're not as confident working with the bereaved as you think you you would like to be. You may be telling yourself, I don't have an advanced education. I'm not a certified counselor. I'm not a psychologist or other highly recognized grief professional. So you're kind of questioning whether you can even do this type of work. Well, I'm going to ixnay that right now. I was not trained specifically in grief. I'll talk more about that in a little bit. I didn't learn how to do this through school. I've had a lot of education, but I didn't learn how to do this through school. I learned this kind of like on the job training. So please don't stop yourself. If you feel like you have a passion for helping others, but you're questioning whether you're good enough, let's talk about that, okay? Because I believe you are good enough. And I bet that you have that natural presence of people who are grieving. And they seek you out just to be with you or talk to you. And you are one of these people, like myself, who are pretty comfortable in the space of death, dying, and grief. In fact, I was just talking to a woman yesterday who wants to enter into my coaching program. And I was telling her about all my life, people would stop me at the Walmarts, the Targets, in the grocery store, and just start telling me their stories out of the blue. I could be at a restaurant and all of a sudden people are sharing some of their deep stuff. They just felt drawn to me. And I remember saying to my husband, what do I have? Do I have the word shrink written on my forehead? And he would just sit here totally amazed, like, what is going on? Why do people just come up to you and start telling you their life stories? I don't know what it is, but it has to be the energy that I have that I'm compassionate. I care about people. I must feel safe for them. And I was talking to this woman yesterday and she's like, oh my gosh, I know exactly what you're talking about. I just got done telling my sister, do I have a big sign on my forehead saying, stop, talk to me, tell me all about your problems. Some of us are just naturally those kind of people. And that may be while you're, why you're here. So if any of these things that I just mentioned are true for you and you want to expand your knowledge and have the tools and resources to help others who are struggling to move forward in their depths of despair because they're grieving, you know what? You're definitely in the right place right now. This podcast is for you. I created this podcast where I can share some proven steps for you to help people you know who are grieving after the significant loss of a loved one supporting them to transform their deep pain into peace and purpose. So over the next few episodes, I will be sharing transformative grief coaching techniques for quickly improving both life engagement for the griever and the impact of challenging emotions. And I'm going to give you a quick hint here. 
It's not your typical grief therapy model, not at all. And in today's episode, I'm going to outline some of the key things you need to know before you jump into a grief coaching relationship with someone. Before you go into that formal piece, I want you to know what are some of the things that you should be looking for to make sure the readiness is there. Now, of course, there are so many reasons someone may be grieving, and it is not necessarily due to the death of a loved one. But in this particular podcast, I'm going to be focusing on bereavement after the death of a beloved person in someone's life. I know there's lots of different grief. We can have job grief from job loss. I've experienced that. We can have grief moving to new locations. We can have grief after divorce. We can have deep grief after the death of a pet. There are so many different ways of having grief. I had a friend who, whose house was destroyed, completely destroyed by fire. There's a lot of grief going on for a long period of time. So I know that there's lots of different kinds of grief, but here when I'm talking, I am talking about the death of a loved one, but these tools and resources can be used in many, many different ways. Just know that. Now, if you've already jumped ahead and maybe you have binge listened to this mini podcast series about becoming a competent grief coach, and you believe you're ready to step into becoming a certified grief coach and a facilitator of our Breathe Coaching Model for Grief program, go ahead and hop over to healingfamilygrief.com, apply, and we'll review your information right away and get back with you. Okay. So let's get started for this episode of the Confident Greek Coach Show. First, let me share a little bit about my path to becoming a confident grief coach. I feel like I was propelled down this path of being a grief coach without much conscious thought about how to do this kind of work. As I look back over my life, I realized that even as a young child, I just had that capacity, like I talked about earlier to be a safe space for my friends who were experiencing challenging times and deep grief. It was as if people gravitated to me to be heard and seen. They felt comfortable in my presence and sought me out as a supportive and compassionate friend. I became a nurse because I wanted to help people. But looking back on my nursing education, I don't remember much discussion about death and dying. I mean, yes, I think we all learned about Elizabeth Kubler-Ross's work with the five stages of grief. And I remember that stayed with me all of these years to this day. But the reality was I wasn't educated in how to hold the space for the grieving in my academic studies. There wasn't a book I could read. My education was all on-the-job training through my work in the hospital my own personal experiences with grief, and my history of being that comforting presence for others who are deep in their grief journey. Not many people specialize in helping people are in the throes of grief because it is uncomfortable and it is super messy. That's the nature of grief. It sucks. No two ways around it. So those who step onto this challenging path of wanting to be a support for those who grieve, most likely also have had personal experience with grief themselves. 
And they know that death is not a dirty word, but a reality and a significant part of life. They also know that it is possible for someone to move forward in grief and find happiness once again because they've done it. So they know that's a possibility. But again, you don't necessarily learn this in school. I created the Breathe Coaching Model for Grief by gathering various tools from my coaching training, adding in ancient wisdom through my Qigong and mind-body medicine training that I've done over the years, and wrapped it all within the knowledge that I received from working with my clients, along with my own spiritual journey. I want to deliver the best experience for my grief coaching clients, and now I feel really called to share this wisdom with you. Before stepping into the role of working with someone who's grieving after the death of someone they love, it's really important for us to understand a few things to make sure that the griever is ready for the kind of support we offer with the Breathe Coaching Model for Grief. So I want to begin by talking about what I call the many faces of grief. We may think that people who have experienced the same type of loss are walking the same journey, but the reality is for every type of loss there is, the person who is grieving has experienced their own individual journey. It's because everyone, every one of us brings our own lived experiences, our past traumas, and our cultural beliefs to the table of grief. We need to acknowledge what is going on specifically with the person who is sitting in front of you, engulfed in sadness after the death of a loved one. So I just want to go through uh, several examples of some of the faces of grief that have shown up in front of me over the years. Suicide. That's a toughie. When someone you love dies by suicide. Oftentimes you don't have answers. So there's that big question of why, why, why did they do this? The not knowing just eats away at the family members. Or I've seen where sometimes the final communication, a note is left or a voicemail, a text message that is filled with angry words or accusations because the person who died by suicide is in a really bad space. And then guilt rears its ugly head. And the people that are left behind are thinking, oh, what I should have, I could have, I would have. And I think this guilt, I believe guilt is anger turned inwards towards us, towards ourselves. We become angry with ourselves because we didn't do what we thought we should have done. But we know hindsight is always twenty twenty. Looking in the rearview mirror, we may see things that we didn't see in the present moment and that we certainly could not have seen ahead because we were looking in the rearview mirror. So those are just a few of the pieces when someone dies by suicide. And then what if someone dies and your loved one dies and they died because of addiction, overdose? There's a lot of anger and guilt that can show up with that. Loving someone who is struggling with addiction of drugs or alcohol or other things can make us feel so dysfunctional ourselves. Then when our loved one dies, we may ruminate about what we should have done differently. Maybe I didn't help them enough. I have a father that I worked with and his son died by an accidental overdose 
um, with heroin laced with fentanyl, which is a very common problem right now, as most of us know, especially in the U.S. And they went through five years of pure hell, pure hell with their child. The addiction just totally overtook their whole family. But he said when he came home and he saw his son lying there, lifeless, all the anger immediately left in that moment. All he could see was his beautiful baby boy lying in front of him. And all he could feel was this extreme sadness and compassion for how difficult life must have been for his son. So addictions and overdose, the anger and guilt, it all depends on your own situation. Child loss. There are so many different kinds of child loss. I have had clients where it's their only child. Totally different than if you have other children. I have had single parents and it's been their only child. There are people that go through preterm child loss who have had an abortion for whatever reason. Every one of these types of child loss are vastly different in so many ways. And we can't just lump them all in and try to compartmentalize what that child loss. We can't box it in. So every client is different and we need to approach their loss in their unique way with their unique feelings. Another face of grief is if someone dies by accident, totally unexpected. There can be guilt. I had a client where her son went up on a mountain, went up by himself, and he just was going to have a good day up on the mountain, and it rained. He slipped and fell, hit his head, died immediately. She has so much guilt that she did not stop him from going up on that mountain. It didn't matter that he was in his 20s. And rationally, she probably couldn't have stopped him. She had no clue this was going to happen. But in her mind's eye, it's like, I should have stopped him. I should have never let him go up on that mountain. He would have lived if I would have stopped it. There can be anger over an accident. Perhaps at the, if someone else caused the accident. And... They might get mad at God if, if they were spiritual before. Their spiritual journey may totally take a different look. Their beliefs may totally do an about face. So those are some of the things that we just need to be aware of when we are working with someone who is coming to us and they want to process their griefs and move forward in some way. Disease is another one because we go from anticipatory grief or pre-grieving to deep grieving when that person finally dies. My mom lived with me for eight years. My mom was strong, smart, intellectual. She could hold her own at the table talking politics or investments. And she slowly just started to deteriorate. Her body just started failing her. So after eight years, I watched her slowly deteriorate. And especially those last couple of years, it was the deterioration seemed like it was magnified. She and I talked so many times about death and dying, her fears, what it's like, you know, how might we be able to best approach it? She was ready. 
But I'll tell you, when I held her in my arms that night, when she took her last breath, I went into deep grief, deep grief, because she was no longer physically here. And then I talked about the Kubler-Ross's five stages of grief, um, you know, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance. I think anybody who has grieved will tell you that there are lots more stages and phases and we know it's not a linear path. Grief can go up and down and circle around. It's a roller coaster of emotions and you might feel fine for months, even years, and then something may show up and just that grief unravels and become so in your face. And then David Kessler is an expert who actually worked with Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, and he wrote a book a few years ago called um, The Sixth Stage of Grief, Finding Meaning. And I believe that that is a stage, a phase of grief for many. That's what we hope for, because I believe that's the most critical step into creating a life where grief coexists with peace, purpose, and joy. And then we have cultural differences about grieving. I have had people reach out from, to me throughout the world. From Nigerian cultures to Vietnamese cultures to our Western indigenous cultures. There are so many different cultural impacts. But one thing that I found was interesting. I thought it was mostly us in the West that didn't handle our grieving all that well. And I found that there are many, many cultures throughout the world where we don't discuss the grieving. It gets tapped down, pushed down. It's not talked about. So it's not just here in the United States and in the Western world. There are many cultures that have that same way of dealing with grief. So we just need to be aware of what are the cultural differences. So, okay. Now we have an idea of the many faces of grief. Let's talk a little bit about whether the person who comes to you is ready to enter a more formalized grief support program like our Breathe Coaching Model for Grief. It's really important for us to know if there's a readiness. So when I start working with someone, I'm having an initial conversation with someone who comes to me for grief support. I ask a few questions. Number one, how long has it been since the loss? In the initial phases of grief, shock is a big component. If you're not prepared, and even if you've been prepared, there still is that layering of shock. And I tell people, I liken it to someone who's been in a horrendous accident and they've sustained massive injuries from broken bones to deep burns. And your client may be in such a shock that it's as if they were placed in a medically induced coma, just like someone who has been in a horrific accident. Then we start weaning off of the, out of the coma. And oftentimes people, it's like after that first year, they've gotten through that year of first and they start venturing into that second year after the loss. And that's when all of a sudden they're awake from the coma. The reality is really there. The nerves start firing. And it's like, oh my gosh, I don't know how I'm going to go forward. This is real. 
I was talking to a woman yesterday and she mentioned her son had died. Her son was an adult and she went to his home. And when she saw the peeling paint on the exterior of the home and saw his truck sitting in the same spot as when his memorial service had been a year before, where the garbage was kind of growing and not being taken out to the curb to be picked up. The lawn wasn't mowed. She said, I just stood there looking at this home and it was the first realization that he is never coming back. And it's been over a year now, but that was her first realization. And that's what you're going to see as people come to you in their grief. So it kind of depends on where they're at. And typically if someone is in the immediacy of grief, I don't have them jump into a grief coaching program. If they're in that shock phase and they just need to be insulated and cared for, I just really encourage them to find the right people to surround themselves with, to be kind to themselves, to wrap themselves in a blanket of love and compassion, and to be with their grief. It's important for us to feel those feelings. Then as they start awakening from that grief coma and the reality sets in and they realize that they have a life ahead of them, that's when I know that they're starting to prepare and this type of coaching program works wonderfully for them. The other thing that I like to take a look at when I'm talking to someone is, are there any psychotherapeutic flags? Is the griever using drugs or alcohol to self-medicate? If so, I want them to have an evaluation and make sure that before I start working with them that they have some psychotherapy evaluation to see if they need to go and be part of some treatment program or other psychotherapeutic treatment. I also take a look at whether there is any suicidal ideation. Because I am not a therapist, I am a coach. And if someone, now I'm going to tell you, this is the honest to God truth. Most parents that I know, especially grieving moms, have said to me at one time or another, I do not want to be here. I want to be dead. I want to be with my child. I don't want to live anymore. Now, I don't jump off the cliff saying, oh my God, they're going to kill themselves. Because more often than that, that they're just, they're expressing their deep grief. But I want to know, do they have a plan? Have they come up with some ideas on how they might do that? Are they not getting out of bed? They're just laying in bed all the time. If those are the case, again, they need help and I will find help for them. We don't mess around if someone is actively thinking about how they're going to take their own life. Never want to mess around with that. But I would say nine times out of 10, when people are coming to me or referred to me, they're looking for help. And so the more I talk to them, I'm seeing, do they have a plan for their future? Are they seeing that there are some things that they need to accomplish and that, no, they're not looking to die. They just wish that they were because they want to be with their child or their loved one. So I had one woman who I really had to dig deep because she kept saying, I want to be with him. It was her one and only child. I just want to be with him. I don't want to live here anymore. I can't wait till I'm reunited with him. 
And so I really started asking a lot of questions. And she kept, and I was frank with her, like, have you thought about running yourself off the road? Have you thought about jumping off the mountaintop? Tell me what are some of the things that you've thought about? She's like, well, no, I can't do all that because I have the nonprofit that I have built in his name. So I've got to make sure that that comes to fruition. I've got all these things. I'm going to be doing some plantings um, at all these various places. I'm going to be doing this. I'm going to be doing that. I have all these things I have to accomplish in this life before I can meet up with my son. Then I knew she wasn't in a suicidal ideation that she was ready to take her own life. She had a plan for her future. And then I knew, okay, we can work with this. If she's willing, we can work with this and help her to achieve all of those things that she was looking for. So know when it is appropriate to work with someone. Now, if you're a psychotherapist and you're listening to this, you already know the drill. You're trained in this. Good for you. Coaching may not be where you need to be at. You need to be in the therapeutic mode. You need to wear that hat. Which brings me to there are differences between grief coaching, counseling, consulting, and psychotherapy. I can't tell you how many times people come and go, oh, I want some grief counseling. And I stop them and I say, you know, I am not a counselor. I'm not trained as a counselor. I'm not a psychotherapist. This is what grief coaching is. When I am working with clients, we are looking for forward movement. We're looking into the future and determining what are the steps that the client needs to take to be able to achieve that future that they're looking for. And it's different for every one of them. But I'm very clear that I'm not working on stuff that's in their past. I mean, yes, you're going to touch on, they're going to share about things that, you know, through their grief or maybe some of their grief experiences when they were younger, that type of thing, some of their traumas and dramas. But we're not digging into all of that. It's not that kind of a therapeutic model. What we're doing is helping them create awareness and take positive action. Because as a coach, I believe my clients are creative, resourceful, and whole. They have what it takes. I'm here to co-create with them, to hold them by the arm when things get a little shaky to be their cheerleader, and to be their accountability partner. That's what coaching is. Forward movement. Looking forward, not staying stuck in the past. So that's an important piece to understand. And then I want to talk a little bit about knowing yourself. If you're thinking about stepping more into being a grief support for others, do you have the ability to step into what I call compassionate detachment? It's a term I heard many years ago and it just resonated for me. We are here for our client. So managing our own emotions is super important, no matter how their story or emotions may impact us or trigger a memory of us or an emotion for us. For us to sit and start bawling our eyes out with our client is not serving them. We are here to hold the space, to be the strength, to listen and allow them the air 
so that they can share their story, so that they can think through the things that may be stopping them. We're here supporting them. We're asking questions, but we're not getting deep into their grief. Because if we did that, we wouldn't be able to serve people very well. We'd be so engulfed in those emotions all the time that it would be very difficult to be an effective coach. So it's also understanding where are you on your grief journey? I worked with someone who she felt like she was ready. Um, She had other training. She really wanted to support other people. But as she was going through the program, she had a lot of the anniversary dates showing up. She had three family members die within very close proximity to one another. And all those anniversaries are coming up and it threw her into the depths of grief. And I had a nice conversation with her about her working on her own grief journey first. And then I know that she will be an amazing grief support for others, but she really needed to work through her own process first. That was really important. So if you believe that you are being called, as I was, to become a light for those who grieve, I encourage you to make sure you do some homework before signing up for any training programs to make sure you're clear what you will get and if it's a good fit for you. And I'm just sharing this now because um, it was interesting to me. I had a someone come to me and she had just finished a grief coaching certification program. And she sounded a little disappointed because she's like, oh my gosh, I hadn't even finished that program. And then I saw your book. I read about your program and your program is the one that I want because it's already put together. And so I am going to be certified in this other one, but I want to hop in and just get into your program right away. There's lots of great programs out there. There are programs on companioning. There are programs on grief coaching. There are programs of, you know, spiritual grief coaching. Um, ones that work with certain religious aspects. So there's lots of really good programs. I'm not saying the one that I'm working with is the best. I think it works really well because I've been working in it for so long. But I just want you to make sure you research any training and it checks the following off of your checklist if these are important to you. Number one, there should be proven results for the clients. The program should be able to give you some proven results that this program, whatever one you're looking at, works for the griever. There should be an ease of delivering for the coach. It shouldn't be complicated and having to look up notes to be able to do coaching with your client. It should be intuitive. There should be practicum experience. We should be practicing with one another when we're in training because with that, we then gain the confidence and the experience before we have a live coaching client sitting in front of us. And it should be a model that one can easily take out into their communities. I believe that that's really important. I have a vision. After my mom died, this vision came to me to have accessible and transformative healing for grieving families throughout the world. Accessible and transformative. It needs to be able to be replicable. I always have problems saying that word, but we need to be able to replicate it. 
so that people are getting the results and we can get out there and really make a difference throughout the world for all the people who are grieving. That's my passion. That's my goal. Okay, so here we are. You have just learned about some of the most important pieces, I believe, are critical before stepping into the role of being a competent grief coach. And in our next episode, we'll be talking about some key steps for you to be able to help co-create quick and transformative changes for your grief clients. As I share with you the steps of the Breathe Coaching Model for Grief. That's all for this episode. If you like what you have heard here, please like or give a review wherever you are listening to this podcast. And if you would like me to touch on any specific topics in the future, I'd love to hear from you. So stay tuned. Episode two will be coming shortly. Much love and peace out. This has been another episode of the Confident Grief Coach Show, where we help life coaches and other helping professionals become more self-assured as a transformative grief support in their work and communities. If you like the show today, be sure to tell a friend and leave us a review on iTunes. And don't forget to sign up for our mailing list at healingfamilygrief.com, where you can learn more about how to join our community as a certified grief coach. Thank you.